0: You are listening to Rouge White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. CFL Podcast, the happy Labor Day edition. We're heading into Labor Day weekend, and we're going to talk some CFL football as things are heating up in the league. My name is Oz Davis. I'll be your host for the show. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Joe Pritchard out there in Wisconsin. Joe, how are you doing?
1: (laughs) I've had better weeks.
0: Oh, gee. Sorry to hear that, Joe. Sorry to hear that. Uh, However... Some people in the cFL might have had better weeks as well, um, I guess technically speaking, the first professional game played in Canada last weekend was between the las vegas uh, i mean i 'm sorry the Oakland Raiders and the Green Bay Packers. <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah, you could say it was a professional game, maybe only in the technical sense. Uh, because uh, hey, I, I've, long, no. I've long assumed, and over the past couple of years, it's been made abundantly clear to me that the NFL doesn't know its ass from a hole in the ground. And now we have firm proof of that, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> <Anyway>.
0: Very nice. <laughs> um. So I guess eventually I, – I guess ultimately the problem was that they pulled out the goalpost, which of course is set at the front of the end zone as opposed to at the back of the end zone in the American game. And uh, you think they remember 90s, that this was an issue in the 90s, but I guess not. And uh, so they had to remove the goalpost, set it back, but then it left this big old hole, which was filled in and replaced with a divot. But I guess – I believe it was the Green Bay hackers, staff, went out and checked it out the day before and they said okay, we're going to play this game but none of our starters are even going to show up, much less take a snap because we're afraid for their health. And thus the NFL in all its quote-unquote wisdom decided they were going to play a game over 80 yards. It's
1: you like, know what's a, you know what's insane though? Is that the NFL and the Players Association cleared the field as safe the day before. So it, was right, all, right,
0: said it was right. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing.
1: That's the thing. And then then after people have paid a ridiculous amount of money to watch, well, hoping to watch anyway and get a glimpse of at least some of their favorite players, none of them play. Like, Mm -hmm. none of them at all. The Raiders left a ton of people home. And then the Packers showed up with them, and then it was, well, let's find an excuse not to play our guys either, right? Right. Hey, look, I see a patch and i i see a patch in the end zone there's my excuse not to play anybody of value and since we're making a mockery of this to begin with let's just play on a shorter field that's <laughs> great that yeah that that, that show will show the world how professional and how awesome we are uh, i mean winnipeg got it's got proof positive of exactly what the nfl is uh they had the money and they found a way not to not to give out a good product and still walked away with the money. That's all, yeah. it, well, all it was to him. And even yeah. their money grab failed because they because the promoter priced the tickets way too high and uh, they had to pay for the house and got less people than the bombers do on a normal basis. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. congratulations, NFL, for <laughs> running a complete shit show and, and mm-hmm. making. It obvious to anybody that's paying attention in Winnipeg anyway uh, what the superior product is.
0: Gee, maybe they should have played in Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> they would have had no problem getting a crowd for that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, like... <sighs> There's a lot of complaints, I think, around the world. I still have a lot of friends living in other countries, and I think there's a lot of complaints around the world right now about certain excesses in American culture. And very, very, very often, the NFL is a picture of all those terrible things. Whether it's the inability to deal with – it's the – Total gap uh, between, let's face it, races in this league. Um, whether it's, you know, any problems with money or conspiracies or whatnot. This league is incredibly tone deaf in a way that very few international, even businesses, Really something else. And, you know, this is just another example. Obviously not as serious, but it's a simple problem. Could have been fixed, but it wasn't worth their time. It wasn't worth a few, literally $1,000 to fix things up to encourage, you know, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to encourage a guy over there coaching the Raiders who is going to bring a 3-13 and product to the field this year, you know, to make his players play, goddammit, you know, because people are actually paying to see them right now.
1: And, and, in any and, case. And let's remind people why this game was in Winnipeg in the first place. It's because mm. they're leaving Oakland for the second time. And leaving their (laughs) fans for the third time because they, you know, they left Los Angeles to go back to Oakland, of course. So they left behind a fan base there, too. Uh, And so Oakland isn't really all that keen on dealing with them. So the lease got signed late. There was this weekend where they were scheduled to have a home game, but the Oakland Athletics had already gotten there, gotten that weekend as scheduled for them. So they had mm-hmm. to go beggars knocking on doors left and right. Hey, Regina, hey, Edmonton, hey, oh, Winnipeg, you're actually, you actually want us. And then they camp, and then they show up with the traveling circus, uh, but forgot to bring the lion. <laughs> Damn. They did, okay. however, send in the clowns because it was pretty <laughs> much all third stringers. And I believe they were playing one of their starters, if I'm not mistaken, or at least a guy that got playing time in the first quarter. Because I turned this thing off uh, pretty early in the second quarter when Kevin Harlan and James Lofton couldn't stop complaining about the field. So I got tired of their antics <laughs> too, and just said, forget this whole thing. I'm done with it. But one of the guys that Oakland played early on at wide receiver was a guy that played one game in Montreal last year and was cut. So the NFL mm. promoting itself as a premium product, showing up with third stringers that didn't make CFL teams last <laughs> year. Uh, right. I, I'm sorry, how and is might that... be
0: recognized by a knowledgeable crowd in Winnipeg.
1: And how is that as proof, that? How is that proof yeah. of your product being better? I, I I I'm not sure how that is.
0: See, when I heard about this game, like way back when they first announced it, like, you know, 10 months ago or whatever, I was thinking, man, they're going to play a pro game. That's cool. (laughs) You know, they're going to play a regular season game. That's cool. Because, yeah, again, like you said, it makes sense. Oakland's basically a bunch of nomads this season. Their home is, you know, a tenuous home at best. And I thought they were going to do a regular season game. And I bet you dimes to donuts they would have played on that field if this had been a regular season game, come hell or high water, right? It's, you know, I don't know why they couldn't have done it this time, uh, played on 100 yards. I really don't. But, you know, this is the kind of thing, Joe. This is the kind of thing that we saw in the 90s, you know, with CFL USA. I mean, it was the same thing, right? Oh, yeah, sure. You can put a team in. Uh, you can't have any Canadian players. And, oh, yeah, we're not going to change the field for you. I mean, you know, it's the same kind of thing. It's we're the NFL, we're the empire, we're not going to take any advice or any, you know, knowledge from anyone.
1: Yeah, and and, and wait, which league is Bush League again?
0: (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say, I mean, that's not Bush League, right? The NFL is not Bush League. The NFL is a big fat pig. Now, that's not Bush League. It's not minor league. It's... It's almost uber professional. It's almost uber capitalistic, you know. Oh. I don't know if it's Bush League at all. It's 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 too far the other way. Yeah, I Bush mean, League can be fun. Yeah,
1: I you know. Mean, I mean, lived in be... Albuquerque for fifteen years.
0: That's a Bush League town. It, the, their team was great. I love seeing the baseball games there. I love watching the university football games there. It was great, you know. But NFL is not
1: great. <laughs> yeah, if you want any Just proof isn't. of the, po- proof of the fact that NFL cares about money over anything else. Just go back and remember that uh, less than a decade ago they decided to lock out their officials for not a terrible um, lo- terribly large amount of money and then spent yeah. a month in the preseason and then a month into the regular season with amateur officials that <laughs> clearly didn't weren't didn't belong there and it just made a mockery of the first month of the season
0: yeah but the only thing that they
1: collected their money they were fine with it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for a little while until they got publicly embarrassed in that Seattle game.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do do have a level of shame that they can't withstand, but it takes quite a while to get there.
0: You know, talking of this, talking of the level of shame and stuff like this, we're going to get to the CFL in just a moment, I promise. But again, this came up the other day when I was talking with somebody else about the NFL. Um, They're imparting. The CFL rule next year. You heard that, right, about the coaches' challenge?
1: Uh-huh, uh, with the pass interference. and I, Keeping it. Uh, honestly, right, I but they're
0: keeping it three challenges.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to hear, because the hell if I'm going to pay any attention to it, but I can't wait to hear uh, how awful the NFL drops the ball on that sort of thing. Because <laughs> it's going to be awful. Here's
0: it's, the it's thing, Joe. It's brutal. But here... Here's the thing. Look, Bill Belichick has probably already figured it out, right? Well, that one year they tried this, right? It was like after a while, the coaches figured out that all you got to do is just throw the flag on any downfield pass and odds are the refs will reverse the decision, right? Because almost anything can go almost both ways, right? So the difference is this. The CFL did The quite honestly brilliant thing to make up for this, which is change the rule in the middle of the season. Didell's going to do that, or do you think they're going to make us sit through four-hour games for the rest of the season?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna it's just going to be awful. They're going to find a way. The first adjustment they make is going to be in the complete wrong direction, too, because that's what they do. I mean, they still don't know what a catch is, but now they're going to try to determine what pass interference is once and for all. Right. So good luck. To, good right. luck to you guys on that.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. Let's move on from this, because beating up on the NFL is fun. But ostensibly, this is the Rouge, Right, and Blue CFL podcast. So let's talk last week's games, starting with Joe. Another game in which you were a faithless prognosticator. Winnipeg Blue Bombers 34, Edmonton Eskimos 28. Now, as always, Joe, you know, when Winnipeg wins, I like you to do the victory lap. I like you to, you know, glory. Whatnot, but in this case, I'd like you to answer me one question because I'm looking at the numbers here from Mr. Strevler and uh, how he's passing and rushing for under 100 yards. Were these guys playing on the 80-yard field too? <laughs>
1: uh, it might have. It might have actually helped Edmonton out.
0: in any case okay go tell me about this game and justify this game as a win when again your quarterback has fewer than 100 yards passing and fewer than 200 total yards
1: well two things i didn't think the defense was going to keep edmonton out of the end zone as much as they did again i mean they did finally give up a touchdown late but it was basically two weeks worth of games, or two, two games against Edmonton, where the Bombers' defense was almost impenetrable inside, uh, inside their own territory. Uh, they made Sean White work and work and work and work and work, mm-hmm. and he's really mm-hmm. good at what he does, and so Edmonton put up a lot of points. But Edmonton had so many chances to take this game over on their own, and they could not do it. Uh, so Winnipeg was able to, with what they had on offense with Strubler, uh and what he brings to the table, they were able to show a game plan that CFL mm. teams probably haven't seen in a very long time. Maybe not ever, to be honest, This, at least this specific type of game plan. Mm-hmm. where you still have the formations that you have in the modern CFL. Uh, five right. receivers a lot, one tailback, uh, a quarterback in the shotgun a lot. But they ran f- at Edmonton from so many different directions, it was hard for Edmonton right. to tell where the next run was going to come from. Uh, so. Right. Being able to, 27
0: carries, 28 carries, I'm sorry, 28 carries versus just 17 pass attempts.
1: Yep. Uh, 28 carries. So they were That's able to take a game that is predicated on the pass and flip it on a mm-hmm. gear, uh, running as a tactic in a league that is – Usually all about the quarterbacks. Uh, kind of took strevla out of the game as the main <laughs> focal point, except for to kind of play the point guard in this case and distribute the ball in the backfield instead of out in out beyond the line of scrimmage like most quarterbacks do. Uh, it sure yeah. it sure worked, and I can't see why it wouldn't work next week. Oh God, now I can.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well we'll talk about next week a bit later um uh, let me give you a little spoiler joke yeah uh, the Winni- winnipeg does not want to play Saskatchewan back-to-back right now no. they really, really really don't i can't believe how good it have been about But, again, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, You talked a bit about the defense. Now, before uh, we were talking about this, and I got to admit, you know, I I admit when I'm wrong. um, I said a bit disparagingly that Winnipeg has no pass rush. Uh, Basically, we both took the Edmonton Eskimos. We both figured that Winnipeg would cover the spread, which was around five and a half or something like that. But Willie Jefferson is a beat. Willie Jefferson was amazing in this game. He was a one-man wrecking crew. Three sacks, two forced fumbles. Huge player. Now, I actually did not check out the players of the week this week. Was he in there?
1: I'm sure. That's not my pale
0: Because he, he sure should have best. Uh, he sure – well, it used to be much more high prestige than it is now, wasn't it? Wasn't it much more of a big deal the past couple of years than it is this year? Yeah, I'm They're really sure, playing it, just
1: it down. I just doesn't yeah. catch my eye as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the best of the league, three sacks against Edmonton. Willie Jefferson, three sacks right. against Edmonton. <laughs> right, so, uh, right, right. I don't know if the other teams can take this... It feels like he's been warming up in this defense for the past couple weeks, and now he's finally starting to figure out where he fits the best, which is everywhere, because he's the type of player that Richie Hall's starting to move around a lot, and he's causing chaos everywhere he is. It's like he's finally been let let out of his cage and said, go, make something happen, and now he is, because he's making plays every which way you look.
0: Yeah, it sure, it sure has looked like he's been manacled because, man, I mean, like I said, Winnipeg has been back in coverage a lot this season and just, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Uh, but, I mean, rush by Willie, nice pass rush. Yeah, Richie um, is doing a lot of w- job
1: and putting him in places where he can cause chaos. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the other thing I wanted to point out was, you know, we were talking about the game beforehand, and uh, my con- Eskimos, of course, you've been saying almost every game the Eskimos just can't put the ball in the end zone. Um, I It is my contention that, you know, one or two interceptions a game against these guys can ruin your game. And sure enough, I mean, here's Trevor Harris's line 26 of 40, 430 yards, one touchdown, but one interception. And that's really what killed him, because that interception was late in the first quarter, and that gave Winnipeg the lead. That, and I know you love this part, and I have to say it every week, they never relinquished. You know, um, th- this Edmonton offense is so fragile, is so small potatoes that one mistake can ruin your game. If Trevor Harris did not throw that interception, the Eskimos. Okay.
1: Yeah, and just thinking about thinking about how this one ended too. Uh, Harris did finally break through, get get a guy open, and yep. make a play with it. But then, well, guess who? Willie Jefferson knocks the outside <laughs> kick out out of bounds, and that's that.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now the Tavon Smith touchdown. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm wondering too. I mean, I've been noticing this in Eskimo games is that uh harris's targets are getting smaller and smaller in this game uh 13 targets for davaris daniels um Tevon smith who scored the 75 yard touchdown uh let me see 42 yards of which were after the catch you know he only had 114 yards in this game you know you take away that that's 39 yards with five catches you know, again, like you wonder how long it's going to be before able to key on the stud receiver. You know, again, I guess uh, Edmonton is lucky that nobody on Winnipeg could play ball with devars Daniels. But once they once they see a team like a Calgary or a Montreal that can play ball with this guy, I don't know. Even even Edmonton, even Harris's, you know, seventy percent completion rate and four hundred yards might not be enough in such a game.
1: Yeah. Very well. Might not be
0: you wonder. Yeah. It's hard to take apart a team that scores four touchdowns and gets 400 yards passing every. Wow. I mean, this Edmonton team just isn't, I don't know. Here they are in second place in the West, but they're just not exciting. They're just not electrifying me. They're just not convincing me that they're going to... It feels
1: ridiculous looking at the numbers, but then you also have to take into account that they seem to have an aptitude for taking penalties at the worst possible times, too. Yes,
0: and they did it again in this game, too, didn't they?
1: Right, and now... I, led to the fourth it's quarter easy score to draw the connection between an undisciplined team on the field and Jason Moss's histrionics on the sidelines. I don't know if that, if there's, if correlation indicates causation there, but you, you, <laughs> end, up, you end up questioning that just simply because, uh, but they did, yep. they did lose Chris Edwards to BC and he's now doing that same thing over there, but it seems like others have stepped up to fill that role in making a dumb play or taking a dumb penalty after the play at the time where it hurts them the most and if they can knock that off even with even with all the um stops inside the 20 that they've been taking they they would be have a better record
0: (laughs) oh yeah oh sure but they're pretty good record right now aren't they seven and three right now
1: uh edmonton six and four i believe
0: Six of four, okay. Right. Ah, decent enough for second place, right? <laughs>
1: well, it's third place so, now. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? No. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm to look a, at
1: these there's stats There's a team here. in Saskatchewan that uh, okay. handled Ottawa pretty handily. Uh, how's that for a segue? <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, that's a great segue because there's not much you can say about the Red Blacks after this game. Saskatchewan Rough Riders 40. Uh, ottawa red blacks 18 at this point the red blacks are serving just to fill other teams highlight reels i think i mean i guess in this game we saw that john jennings is slightly less bad than dominique davis who actually dominique davis completed all six of his passes if you include the three interceptions right all six of his passes were caught by somebody
1: yeah it definitely takes some skill there to complete had enough right <laughs> yeah, and <Wow>. Ottawa fans are <laughs> pissed off, and they've been seeing this coming since February, yeah. when the team inexplicably let Harris and Ellingson go. Now, yeah. it, you can, if you take a look at Edmonton and see how they're going you can kind of maybe understand why Ottawa wanted to move on from him if they had another option that they felt like was better. But then when you come back with Dominic Davis and say he's your starter from day one, you you kind of get the fans going, wait, this isn't an upgrade. And they're knowledgeable enough (laughs) to know, even as it's happening, that, wait, you're serving us a bill of goods here which isn't exactly yeah. the thing you want to do to a team that uh, has done very well by its fan base, but is also, well, in, used a, to is win also in a they're city used to that has seen two teams go away because of mm. not being able to uh, meet anybody's expectations, really. Um, the Ottawa Rough Riders lost for 15 straight years uh, before, Uh, Things finally went away, but the Ottawa Renegades only got um, four years to show that, that they couldn't they couldn't put it together.
0: Uh, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. But but this team has done this franchise has done an outstanding job yeah. with just personnel. We,
1: we I should. mean, they've
0: just been able to find the right players.
1: Right. And in this case, they didn't. And it's the and the fan base is reacting because they're not used to the idea. But then there's well, also some trepidation that here we go back to the bad old days.
0: Well, see, nobody was paying attention then in Ottawa during the offseason. Because you remember what happened. Riley made the. Everybody expected him to. He moved to BC and then the dominoes fell. You know, Ottawa panicked and signed John Jennings. They thought Jennings was going to be the starter in week one, but then all of a sudden, you know, Dominique has a great training camp and they put him in as the starter. You know, here's a. This guy had, had been a bench player for on both sides of the border for what, like seven years?
1: Uh, he before could, he, he gets a
0: starting job. He couldn't take I mean, the
1: job away from Drew Willie. He wasn't even close to that. Right. Right. So that and be, and we all know how be, much uh, everybody loves Drew Willie. Right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's like so, so you know, they, they've got nobody to blame for themselves. In fact, after Toronto's showing, I think that in the second half of the season, you know, the Red Blacks could be the worst team in the league. But how about them riders, huh? I was going to talk about this before, but let's talk about this now. As it turns out, the riders are riding quite the wave of luck on the schedule, aren't they? Okay, so they went into the bye at 1-3 and three, or 1-2. I forget which. I know. But they, they went were into the bye at
1: one point, I believe.
0: Okay. So they must have gone one and three going into the bye. But since that bye, okay, they've beaten BC twice. You know, apparently this season it's always good to get BC, no matter if you're playing them in Vancouver. Uh, they snuck past Hamilton on Fajardo's last second touch. Wow, 24 second touchdown. Um, what else? They They beat Montreal in the shortened game right they got Ottawa last week who's getting killed by everybody right now then they get Winnipeg back to back sorry to remind you with playing without their starting quarterback and without Andrew Harris who is having another you know mop level season so they're going to have two games without those guys after that uh they got Montreal uh in Saskatchewan I believe and then a bye and then Toronto Dude, they could be nine and three after this. You know, in three weeks. In three weeks, Joe. I mean again, not to put too fine. Sorry that they're playing Winnipeg at this point in the season, but seriously, in three weeks this team could be nine and three and in sole possession of first place in the West. That's
1: insane. (laughs) Let's move on.
0: All right, so we the future. I mean, I know you're an agnostic as far as the football gods are concerned, but wow, the if the football gods exist, they're being very nice to the writers of the post-Chris Jones era here. All right, let's move on to uh, a rather interesting game, if slow-moving. Hamilton Tiger Cats, 13, BC Lions, 10. Hamilton Tiger Cats have become, at this point in the season, that old cliche about just doing enough to win they're sitting at eight and two they're tops in the cfl right now but they are just five and five against the spread now i know that we talk well i talk some about gambling on this show and for those of you who don't necessarily gamble that much what that means is basically hamilton is winning the games they're supposed to win But they're not living up to the expectation. They're not destroying these teams like the BC Lions, who they're much better than, but are just not taking care of business again. Say that the Hamilton defense was not outstanding in this game. Sorry for the double negative on that one, because they were. I mean, seven sacks. Even against a pitiful B.C. Lions uh, offensive line is pretty damn good, plus the two interceptions, plus on special teams defense, they were next to immaculate. Of course, this has always been a trademark of Hamilton Tiger Cats in this decade. It's just awesome special teams. But pretty good game by Hamilton Tiger. It seems like the offense is getting lower and lower what joe is this a concern in the near future
1: well it should be if it's not uh <laughs> because the league now has some tape on dane evans it's been a few weeks uh they're not getting yeah. only back this year uh their running game is just not what it's been over the past few years uh i believe with all the injuries they've had who can blame them on that front but it just seems yeah. like they've forgotten how to get the ball out to their playmakers. And that's going <laughs> to come back to bite them when they face a team that scores more than 10 points.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. There are going to be some offenses like that fully functioning offense in Winnipeg that these guys just cannot stop. And I mean, it almost feels like they're scoring less and less and less. It feels like to make an NFL reference again, it almost feels like they're in a Jacksonville Jaguars situation where the defense is forced to keep the offense to, you know, two touchdowns or less because their offense isn't going to put up any points. Now, I'd be a tad concerned about the Tiger Cats going forward. Uh, again, can't say too much about the uh, defense. Uh, Dylan Wynn, he was almost as monstrous as our guy in Saskatchewan with three sacks. Uh, I'm sorry, our guy in Winnipeg with in this game. As well. So, if you love punting, you love this game. Let's move on to my favorite game of the week. <laughs> Madre Alouettes 28, Toronto Argonauts 22. Played in Nova Scotia.
1: Uh, New Brunswick, actually, because it was Moncton. Oh, sorry. Yep.
0: Sorry. 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 So we Moncton. are looking yep, at yep, Halifax, sorry.
1: Nova Scotia, for the new team, right? Which will probably start right. in Moncton, New Brunswick, the first couple yeah. seasons, because the yeah. stadiums don't go up overnight.
0: Yeah, Moncton's field ready. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they could <laughs> they could be playing up there. That's for sure. Um, great to see the nice fan base up there. Uh, the weather was great for this game. I should be talking about the game instead, so let's talk about the game. Uh, of course, for me uh, as a Montreal fan, in a lot of ways, this one of the better wins this season, if not the best win, at least for the offense this season uh, for the Alouettes. Now, of course, you know they're only winning by six points against you know one of the teams that's not going to make the playoffs. Let's face it, one of the worst teams in this league. Although they're starting to look pretty good. Uh, the Toronto is definitely looking a little better than, than BC and definitely a lot better than Ottawa at this point. But in any case, so Montreal wasn't exactly like eating the Argos lunch in this game. However, what was nice is they're going six and a half. Yeah, 16, six and a half. You know, they came back out they made the second half adjustments vernon adams did not make the bad john jennings like decisions that he has in the past he kept cool scored two passing touchdowns in the second half we outs six, win the game 22 to 6 sorry win the game okay this alouette football team is not a team of superstars But if they stay cool, if they keep their heads, I believe that this coaching staff puts them in a good place to win. And by the way, might I I say this because I've been complaining a little bit about the offensive line. (laughs) Nice job this week by the offensive line. Um, Again, how do you like the Alouettes going forward, Joe, particularly with regard to having such a low-scoring team?
1: Well, I, I like the fact that one of their one of their big plays was uh, off of a play straight out of the Tecmo Super Bowl playbook. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, how pitch, so?
1: The pitch the, the handoff to the, Go, to, the, the down, to the USFL top, Tecmo to the top side of the field. The reverse handoff to the receiver, the pitch back, and then the throw downfield. That is in probably four or five teams' playbooks on that game. And uh, As soon as the ball was in the air, it's like, I've seen that play before. And it worked, and it was awesome.
0: Right, from the man who calls himself USFL Tecmo on Twitter. And
1: the other thing I've got to say about this game is, hey – so one league was able to pull off a neutral site game without a lot of problems. Uh, which league? was yeah. That again?
0: yeah. Yeah. That's what really hit me. That's what really hit me is that, geez, you know, I almost felt like if the NFL wanted to do a preseason game, maybe they should have done it, you know, in the East, maybe they should have done it where there isn't. a team, So that then they could have broken down the whole stadium. The CFL could have seen, wow draw a crowd even for a ticket that's five to ten times as much as a CFL ticket, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, the NFL is short sighted. I mean, I'm just surprised they chose I mean, I can't believe we're going back to this, but I'm just surprised they chose Winnipeg. I'm surprised that they didn't go, Wow, we're gonna play in Toronto. Well,
1: and then well, watch when they win. failed doing that too, so really we <laughs> at this point.
0: Yeah. So in any case, um Okay, so um, how how did you feel about Montreal going forward in this game? I really, I'm, I'm dying. To, I I want some good words. We're four and three. We got a winning record the first half of the season. Uh, five
1: I'm games. sorry, five and four. Five and four. Five and yes, four. and uh, yeah. I will take Vernon Adams as my quarterback, please and thank you. On uh, any team that I would, <laughs> have, uh, because he he's been down so long, he had so many times was being passed over and now he's coming out and just bawling out. Like he's, like, he's trying to make the teams that pass him up, including his own, go, wow, we sure screwed that up, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, sometimes he gets a little bit reckless with the ball, and sometimes he's saved by the fact that the defense is so surprised he's reckless with the ball that they drop it. But... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, he back. leads the league and dropped passes by defenders, yeah. I
1: believe. But then he'll come back <laughs> and throw an absolute beauty the next play and make you forget about it for a while.
0: hmm Yeah, yeah. He's been a heart attack this season. Um let me let me ask you this before I move on to next week. Um what did you on the official website of LeagueCFL.ca, there's a piece today running that's something like it, Thompson uh, uh is he a true CFL quarterback now this week against Montreal uh, against a uh, pretty good stats 36 and 47 for 464 yards and two Tds now the Alouettes have been bad for a few years now but the defense has always been at least adequate and I can't remember the last time a quarterback threw for more than 450 uh against montreal especially in montreal um so what's your take on bethel thompson i mean is this guy for real or did he just use all all the stats for the year in this one game
1: uh no because uh, it's been the last few weeks he's been pretty good i don't know if i'm building my franchise around him but i sure <laughs> heck wouldn't mind him coming off the bench as my backup uh, right if i'm desperate as a guy to run my ship for a year or two while I'm rebuilding, uh, it could be a lot worse. Uh, I just don't know. I just don't know if I go to him uh, and think that, hey, look, he's the guy I need to plug into this offense that's not working right now, and he'll turn my team into a great cup champion. I don't think if you pop him in Hamilton person, let's say, that he would be the guy to take them to the next level so to speak but Hmm. he he's a lot better than uh, people are giving him credit for even a month ago uh had a few decent games last year seems to be picking things up but he's a little old for me to go he's a development project Hmm. either so that's where i would put him i would say if he's a backup on a good team i'd feel pretty good about that
0: okay all right so so let me go down a bit a bit of a rabbit hole here. What's your take on Cody Fajardo?
1: It's in the same ballpark so far. But he's young. But he's younger, so there's a little bit more to hope with. And if I'm the Riders, I'm sitting there and going, maybe he is the guy. You flop him. Mm-hmm. You flop him. You put Fajardo in Toronto. You put Bethel Thompson in Saskatchewan. If I'm the Riders at that point, I'm like. Okay, he's here, but who else can we go get in the off-season? But with Fajardo, <laughs> he's young enough that you could see you're willing to you invest that time. See, yeah, uh, growth there still potentially. Um, right, right, and I would right, say, right, right, right. Yeah, and I would say I, I'm not too afraid of either them playing a game for my team, but mm-hmm. I'm I've got more to hope on for Fajardo.
0: Yeah, plus the Riders are kind of in a better position right now anyway. They've, they've got a lot better-looking roster than Toronto. <laughs> Toronto spent the offseason stripping down their roster. You know, which has actually worked out a lot better for them than I figured it would. You know, I, I was going into this season thinking, they've got a lot of big names, but how is that going to tr- present but it's actually worked to their advantage unlike BC the two teams that tried the same thing with different results let's uh, go to the break and talk about next week's games right after this week's games now here do we are to. on uh let's see do we have to well <laughs> i can see why you're asking that that was a but great show least... guys
1: uh, see you next week <laughs>
0: <laughs> come on you don't even want to talk about edmonton calgary Fine. all right. all right we'll try it let let's uh let's do this first though joe because you explained this to me beforehand but let's talk about this again this is Labor Day or Labor Day with that U in there, right? And I mean, this is the traditional, um, I guess, signal that we're coming down the home stretch in the CFL season. You know, we have a lot of games and, you know, there's an extra day on the weekend and whatnot. So we play a lot of football, but this season, just three games. What gives, Joe? I'm heartbroken here.
1: Uh, the guess I have on this is that. There needed to be a few weeks with only three games because of the amount of buys each team's got. So picking it to be right around Labor Day means they can highlight the three rivalries that usually have this matchup. Now, every once in a while, Toronto's scheduling issues in the past would keep Toronto and Hamilton from happening this specific week, but... The big three uh, are Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Toronto, Hamilton, Edmonton, and Calgary. The next tier down would be Montreal and Ottawa, which I'm a little surprised to see isn't on there. Uh, but yeah. they seem to want to set up for a big, big Saturday going into the NFL Sunday to start off uh, the first week of games. Ah. Next uh So they pushed they pushed Montreal and Ottawa back, but then they did separate uh, the Toronto Hamilton run, right before you give Hamilton a buy too, because it looks like there were a, there were a few teams in the East that needed buys right in this stretch. So instead of having a Toronto Hamilton back to back. Uh, just that didn't work out but BC and Montreal uh, the years that Ottawa was gone was always a matchup right around now uh, with the teams getting a bye usually the second weekend Uh, but I can I can kind of see what they're doing here but I'd really love to see next year uh, and years going forward making sure that that Ottawa Montreal matchup gets in there give BC that bye week uh, in week 12 and then Flip a coin as to who gets the bye week: Montreal or Ottawa, in Week 13 facing BC, because th- these three matchups that we talked about—Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Toronto, Hamilton, Edmonton, Calgary—are uh, the heart of the CFL in my mind. Right, right. Some of these games go back thirty. Mean, uh, some of these games this. go back to the 1890s, from what I. Yeah, I was just
0: history. thinking of the. I was just thinking of the Tiger Cats. So. Uh, the tiger cats only came into existence in the 30s they had to merge uh the two hamilton teams to get this team but so they've been playing winnipeg saskatchewan since the 1890s
1: uh no i was thinking more of the just just whatever hamilton team whatever toronto team uh I, i'm sure that they've had matchups they remember the um you, yeah, the Hamilton Tigers the Hamilton and the Tigers Hamilton Wild, and the Wild Wildcats and what have you. Yeah. I'm sure that one of them played the Argos all the way back – way back when. I know that they uh, – Yeah, but that yeah. The Argos that's go the... a long, long way back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the oldest team in North America? Is that right? Could very well be because if they were –
0: Because there's them. There's the Arizona Cardinals. And then there's one other team in the – CFL. Uh, I forget which one it is that go back to the nineteenth century. Uh, the club goes back to the nineteenth century. So which one is it? It's Toronto and can't think of the other CFL team. Somebody help us out,
1: folks. Yeah, it's probably not going to be the Western <laughs> teams. I think they started popping up a little bit later, yeah, but. Really. <laughs> so did Western expansion uh, I don't so. know in any case in any case
0: yeah Arizona and Toronto are probably clubs of any sort in North America now the Cincinnati red stockings go back a long way red legs go back a long way too but I don't know if they're continuous with today's Cincinnati Reds
1: no they're not they any- No, they're not but their base was became the Boston uh Boston Red Stockings, which became the Boston Braves, which Oh, the Milwaukee Braves which became the Atlanta Braves. So, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and it's wow. funny that these franchises that have lasted forever. Now that we're on this tangent, yeah. have been the ones that have been moving around so much. Because you're talking about the Arizona Cardinals, but well, they were in Chicago for forever. I know one of our yeah. listeners is a, a Cardinals fan uh, and a Chicago football fan, so I'm sure he'll like that. Um, but the yeah, the Braves have been in a couple different places too, a couple different nicknames going way back when too. Uh, but not where they started. Not the Argos. Nope, the, Argos, but not the, the Argos. Argos have been here have been here since time immemorial and will be here long after we're dead. So <laughs> apparently. Uh
0: oh, Joe, a bit of a bummer there. Uh you can totally tell they've been around forever too because argonauts right it's like what a 19th century name what a you know you're naming after like a classic epic poem <laughs> somebody, who would somebody do that find the 21st century
1: that shows that the argos have been around since the first olympics not the first modern olympics, <laughs> the first <real> olympics.
0: <laughs> yeah you just you, they weren't there you just have to draw their direct line right you just have to show the evolution of the sporting club All right. in any case so we've got this short slate of three games this week and by 2021 this will have changed because we'll have the atlantic this year we're dealing with three games off sorry joe winnipeg blue bombers are a five and a half point underdog at saskatchewan i'm sorry to say joe but I'm probably going to bet this one and I'm probably going to take Saskatchewan minus the points. Like I say, Saskatchewan is just in, in part of their schedule right now. They're also playing really well. We just talked – right now, if if at all possible, because he's got some gaudy statistics Then, life. So I got to say Saskatchewan is going to win big, Joe.
1: I can't argue with you. I mean, this game makes me sad the best of times. But the thing we've been yeah. beating around the bush for most of the hour is that Andrew Harris has uh, yeah. got a two game suspension for both mm-hmm. the Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl uh, due to a failed drug test. And yep. I've watched a lot of people make a lot of make fools of themselves honestly on social media uh by either going very very hardcore against or very very hardcore for harris uh he said, hmm. said all the right things as far as you want to hear when that kind of thing comes out but uh can i uh, can i say something that may be misconstrued but i think uh, kind of <laughs> lay, lays it out as far as <laughs> i'm concerned uh is uh, go for it honestly at this point, this is going to hang over him forever. It doesn't matter whether he was whether this was a mistake or whether he was doing it on purpose, uh, and it's uh, there's always going to be there. He's going to serve the suspension. The appeal process is done. So the thing I, I honestly, in a way, I hope he didn't do he didn't do it. It was a complete mistake. That kind of thing because I really like. Everything I've seen about him, uh, a lot of people vouch for of him. Of course. But there's a part of me, too, that kind of hopes that he did do this and he did try to cheat and got caught because mm. no matter what, he's going to have that label stick to him forever. So, mm. in one way, anyway, I hope that since that label's going to be there. I hope it's for a good reason and not just a silly mistake or a tainted supplement, like they like they all say. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing...
0: Yeah, but you know what's interesting, Joe? You know what's interesting is this. Ottawa Redbacks player hits a ref, gets suspended, gets to appeal that before the Grey Cup. All right? Gets to waive that suspension. Okay? Now, not quite serious of football situation, but this is Labor Day and the Banjo bull. This is a rivalry like we've just been talking about, that's more than a hundred years old, okay? If you can freaking appeal, <laughs> you know, a ref bump, how come you can't appeal a drug test? You, I'm not saying that you should be able to can. appeal a drug test. I'm saying you shouldn't be able to appeal the ref bump.
1: Right. But he, he know? could appeal. He did appeal and the appeal was denied. That all happened. Right. So wow. at this point, you know, at this point wow. the well they, going they to turned
0: be there. around that appeal. Yeah, but they turned around that appeal mighty quickly when they claimed they could a Week before the Great Cup.
1: Yeah, it was, a, it know, was about a three. week process. I don't like it was this. About merch. a three-week process. It wasn't. They didn't specifically target these games. I know that's a conspiracy that's going around. Room Bomberland. It's like, oh, oh no, they waited. They wanted to make the rider. They wanted to make the riders have an easy schedule. That's bullshit. It's no, just the way not. it worked out. It yep. sucks. I. Yep. It, it kind of makes my gut hurt thinking about it. But it is what it is, and I think I've laid out my reasons why I'd love to... I, I hope that he didn't do it, because I hope he's the guy everybody says he is. I've met him a couple times. He seems like a stand-up guy, but, I mean, I've talked to him for a total of two, three minutes in my life, so what the hell do I know? But I'd love... <laughs> to, I'd, love to, I'd love for that image that I have of him to be true, but at the same time, I'd also love, since that image is now gone, that he did do something to deserve this, too. You know what I mean? Am I making mm-hmm. any sense whatsoever?
0: I guess. I guess. But, Joe, I mean, look, this is way too gray an area for us to discuss on this podcast with the limited amount of time we should have. But, I mean, come on. You've read stuff like Ball Four. The, the fact is is that if an athlete gets an advantage, he's going to take it. Yeah. You know, he is. And it doesn't make him a bad person, it doesn't make him a not nice person, it makes the choice that he made questionable, but I'll tell you what, and I can say this without fear of contradiction if I were a player and somebody offered me a drug that was going to give me big ass muscles and help me play in a glorious league for one more year and anywhere from 20 to 80,000 people are cheering me every week, I'd do it, period You know, and if I got busted, I'd probably bitch about it. But, you know, I mean, the truth is, you know, it's like they said in that book, Ball Four by Jim Bouton, who just passed away recently. So R.I.P. Mr. Bouton, one of my all time favorite books of all time. He said, look, if you gave in this case Major League Baseball pitchers a choice to take a pill. Right, And it would take away five years from their life, but it would give them a 20-win season. They'd take it. Every single one of them would take it. It's just that now we have that drug that Boughton was talking about in 1969, and it's called steroids. And people are taking it. Why are we surprised? And again, I just my point here is I just don't think it makes them bad. I think they're going to take the advantage. No. That's it. That's it. We went, down, we went down quite the rabbit hole on that one. We've been Let's down talk about a lot next... of
1: rabbit holes tonight, and you know what? I kind of needed to go down a few of them, so it's all good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, sure, yeah. Next week you're going to Canada to so get to mellow out. Uh, right. Let's talk about this one. Now, I really don't get this line at all, and this looks like another one I'm going to be betting this week. Toronto Argonauts are, for some reason... 11 and a half point favorites at Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now, we talked about this before. Bolton seems to be on the up. Tiger Cats seem to be on the down, at least as far as, you know, scoring is concerned in both cases. Why is this line so high? I'll tell you right now, this smells like an upset in the making. Um, I don't know if I'm brave enough to say Toronto's going to win this game, but there's no way it's going to be 12 points. Take Toronto to cover. What the hell? Take Toronto to win.
1: Okay. What I, do you I got, won't Joe? take Toronto to win, but in your scenario, I'd take them to cover. So I am taking Hamilton. It's going to be a game like they played against BC. Uh, there's going to be one or two yeah. critical, critical defensive plays they make, and they will make them that will help them win this game but it's not going to be pretty and it's going to be a dogfight
0: but but isn't this this classic kind of game in football where nobody sees it coming but it's just one of those numbers but themselves out i mean again hamilton is eight and two they're playing way up dane evans (laughs) you know again they're five and five against the spread You know, they're they're not like killing teams that they're forecast to be killing. So I think that, you know, we might look back on this game at the end of the season and go, oh, yeah, Hamilton was 13 and five this season. You know, one of the reasons is because they lost that game to the three win. I, I can totally see them losing this game and and. You know, again, just looking back on it and going, yeah, that's when Hamilton was on the downswing and needed the bye week. And this is when Toronto was on the upswing and they peaked out, you know, I mean, I can totally see Toronto winning this game. I certainly I I really don't get this 11 and a half points. I really don't understand this. All right. Let's talk about the last week's game, which is probably going to be the headliner game this week. All things considered. The very bizarre low-scoring Edmonton Eskimos, three-and-a-half-point underdogs at the Calgary Stampeders coming out of a bye week during which they're usually pretty good. I'll make you go first on this one, Joe.
1: Uh, I'll take take Calgary coming out of a bye week and hosting Edmonton in a Labor Day game every single time. Don't you think?
0: Yeah. I I think... I don't know. I I got to bad feeling about this game for Eskimos fans. I think Calgary just might run away with this one if Edmonton's not careful. I think having that bye week is going to give the Stamps time to look at Harris's tendencies. And remember, this is one of the only teams that handed Edmonton a loss this season, is Calgary. And they did it by dominating with the secondary. So I would not be surprised to see that happen again. I just I just haven't seen much creativity out of the uh, Eskimos offense, especially the passing. I just haven't seen it. And to me, that's death against Dickinson and the Stampeders. Uh, they will come up with a scheme to make Harris's life hell. <coughs> so, yeah. I'd take uh, Calgary three and a half. All right, Joe. So, Last week for you in Wisconsin, before you head up to Canada again. Are you are you going to Canada solo? This will be a solo going with your wife? This
1: will be a solo trip and so will Grey Cup.
0: Yep. Oh wow. Great Cup you're going by yourself. Huh? Yep,
1: yep, yep. A bit low. <laughs> yeah, so there will, As I understand. Uh yeah, so there will be a lot cool. of podcasters in the same place on Banjo Bowl Saturday, so Oh, great! Yes, uh, going to... The plan is for the third annual Bomber Podcaster Group uh, meeting before the game. Uh, adults and to... Um, was on the show a couple weeks ago with me, and uh, John Hodge from Blue Bomber Talk have gotten together the past couple of banjo bowls before the game and had some coffee and talked all sorts of football. Mostly them talking and me listening because they're both smarter than me. Uh, And then (laughs) after the game, we're most likely going to get together with the Piffles podcasters. Well, at least me and my friend. I don't know about those two. Uh, With the Piffles podcasters who are bringing a bus to the game for the second straight year. So it's going to be quite Good, and I'm hoping possibly to bump into Ryan and Michael of the CF, the Canadian Football Countdown, which is also part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. So, right. plenty of us in the same place. Nice. So, you know, if you see one of us, uh, even if they're wearing green, uh, well, <laughs> if they're wearing green, uh, I'm sure that, you know, still be nice to them, but say hi. Uh, we'd all love, we all love talking football. We'd all love to meet you.
0: Well, say hi to them for me, especially the piffles pie. Big fan. Um just wanted to know, Joe, are we are we is the Rouge, White, and Blue now officially a Winnipeg Blue Bombers podcast?
1: Well, I'm a Blue Bombers fan, so well. Your bus hour and well <laughs>
0: I don't want to be a Blue Bombers podcast. I want to be a CFL podcast. Yeah, well, the Rouge white blue CFL podcast.
1: Yeah, well, don't... for the
0: podcast.
1: Yep, yeah. Dalton's got a got a full got a full league podcast too. So, <laughs> just there's some of us that like the Bombers, and then some of us that are wrong.
0: Yeah, right. Say, so there's some of us that like. And then there are Riders fans. In any case. Let's get out of here. For the not Blue Bombers, but actually CFL podcast, the Rouge White and Blue, my name's Sauce Davis. For my Bombers freak co-host, Joe Pritchard, we are out of here for this week. Enjoy the games. Happy Labor Day. And we'll talk to you next week.